And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around our dying planet, (laughs) Red Eye Radio. Dying planet, huh? Creating paranoia <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Wow. Just that just popped into my mind. I just went, oh, set around the planet, around the dying. Listen, planet. you shouldn't be paranoid, but we're doomed. <laughs> well, if you just tuned in, it's been an exhausting show. I mean, it's and why has it been exhausting? I I can simplify it real quick on a couple of topics. Big government. Well, did I go too broad? Not, maybe just a little bit too broad. Maybe just maybe a need for a little bit of explanation there. And it's simply that the United States credit rating was downgraded, which means everything will go up in price. Uh, it will uh, cause a, an increase in uh, in interest rates, car loans, mortgages, things like that. But the main reason was is because we're borrowing too much. Mm. We're borrowing too much money. And the fear is we cannot grow our way out of it because we're spending so fast that no type of increase in the economy will catch up. Yeah, And that's always been one of the things that the credit ratings have looked at. Well, growth in the United States, if we moderate spending or whatever, right. just moderate spending. I mean, yeah. don't don't even cut it. Just mo- eventually we'll catch up if we just don't go crazy on spending. We've gone so crazy on spending that even economic growth can't catch up. And so, since the problem is the fact that we're borrowing so much money, the solution, God is my witness, from Janet Yellen, is we need to borrow even more. Not making that up. Mm -hmm. We need to invest more, which means the government needs to actually (laughs) borrow more money because the public... You can't tax the public right now. You try to put an increase of taxes on the American public right now. They're not going to go for it. No, no. So that's not going to happen. So the solution is 
from the Biden administration and Janet Yellen to borrow more. And so then the other story that was out there was we've talked about, uh, you know, solar and wind and how that won't work. And you've got regional uh, electricity providers now going to the federal government saying, you got to stop this. This is insanity. We're going to run out of power. And so we just extrapolated out that since what they're doing with our, our uh, you know, borrowing of money, mm-hmm. that uh, the Biden administration would just come out and say, okay, so the problem is uh, that we're, uh, we're closing uh, coal plants and we're not producing natural gas plants and more coal plants in order to back up the solar and wind that cannot provide consistent electricity. Okay, make more solar and wind and cut back more on natural gas and coal. Yeah. Because that's actually what they've been proposing. Right. Because we know that. Because a couple of weeks ago that pending rule came out that you must cut 90% of emissions from all power plants in just a few years. I think it's by 2030. Can't be done. And they're talking, you know, the whole underground carbon thing. You yeah. saw they want to do that in place. Every place they want to do that, environmentalists are going, are you crazy? You have no idea. Nobody has any idea what the consequences would be for pounding that amount of carbon dioxide into the crust of the earth. Right. And so environmentalists, the left, is protesting that. Well, no. Think about the answer to saving the earth is to uh, put it all back into the earth. Well, no. We're trying to save the earth. Yeah, we'll just. We'll just pound it into the earth. Just bury it. No one will know. Hey, don't you tell them where the body is. And and <laughs> that that along with just the 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 latest Devin Archer interviews that we uh, paid uh, we played excerpts of it that he was on uh, uh, Tucker Carlson and then uh, the uh, <laughs> the Jack Smith stuff. Mm-hmm. It just it's been an exhausting show. That's all. That's yeah. all. That's all. And uh, not physically, just mentally. It's yeah. like, can can we? Can I just go home and play golf? <laughs> yeah, why not? Can I get a rest just for today? Just let me out for. One. Well, you know, there's bound to be something big hit today. Just when we're thinking, all right, look, we'll just take a breath. We'll get through Friday. We got the weekend. <laughs> it'll happen Thursday afternoon. And it'll be insane. Yeah. It'll be something that'll just where we'll go, are you kidding me? Oh, and plus we mentioned a couple of stories on defund the police and you know people are surprised at the consequences yeah, there. Wow. So it just got it was just one of those days where it's like, well, let's put it this way. I've I've probably done this <laughs> where I yeah. put the you know the now I hopefully I won't be arrested for mm-hmm. making the whole thumb and finger gun. And pointed it at well, my you head. weren't going to be until you actually said it. Nobody can see you until you said it. I think I'm in. I think I'm pretty safe. Now there's a warrant out. I think I'm pretty safe in the state of Texas. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm in a liberal county. Yep. I'm in Dallas County, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a couple miles west. That'd yeah, be good okay. Luck. Good luck. That's all I'm saying. And, and I've just broadcast all over the Dallas area that yeah. I yeah. made the finger th- Thumb gun. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Great job on that. Is, is that intent to defraud because it's not a real gun? Yes, it is. Is everything now? It's both. 
an attempt to defraud. An intent to instill fear and to defraud. <laughs> You're instilling fear into people who know nothing about guns. And for people who do know about guns, it's fraud. The, the imaging is triggering. No. The imagery, not imaging. Yeah. The imagery no. is triggering. Think about it. If you use the Jack Smith School of Law playbook. Oh, my God. You're going to fun with this. I just Everybody. Know. Forget about everybody in D.C. Everybody would go to jail. Yes. Everybody would go to jail. Yeah, who wouldn't go to jail? What are you in for? Whatever. I don't know. What are you in for? I don't know. Attempted to fraud. Yeah. Attempted to fraud the government. Right. That's why they had to make sure that they're going after your $600 because of your attempt to defraud the government. Right. If you say, I don't want to pay my taxes, is that an attempt to defraud the government? (laughs) I mean, everybody would go to prison. Yeah, that, based on his standard. You know, I think that probably fried my mind more than anything today when mm-hmm. we actually went through it and just, you know, we started talking about it. And we we started on yesterday's show and then just continued with today that by Jack Smith's own standard of going after Trump, that he actually is committing the same crime, but a level up. If Trump is, if Trump is accused of, Third degree attempting to defraud the government, then Jack Smith is what? Premeditated? <laughs> premeditated first degree? Pre and post meditated. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one he took action. Trump he, he took only, action, right. Only talked, and but that, that's he went point. beyond yeah. just words. Jack Smith actually indicted. Right. Based on his own standard. And he's defrauding the government. He should go to prison for longer. And he's defrauding the government because he's attempting to interfere in a presidential election by putting out bogus charges. That is fraud. Yes. By his own standard. Right. Not our standard. Don't call us up and go, you guys are being ridiculous. No. We're going by Jack Smith's standards. Right. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Here's I, another. Here's another one. You just shake your head, which right. just gets makes it another frustrating day. Mm. A Portland doctor said a homeless man knocked her unconscious while walking in the city, and she waited more than twenty minutes without a police response. I do not hold the police accountable for this at all. I hold our city accountable for defunding the police," said Mary Constantino, a radiologist, told Fox News. "We don't have enough police force to protect our citizens. We did this to ourselves." Mm. The attack happened shortly after 10.30 on Friday night. One minute, Costello was walking in southwest Portland with a friend. The next, she woke up on the ground, blood pouring out of her mouth. Uh, she said uh, she was sure that she was about to be killed and immediately dialed 911. I thought we were still being sort of attacked in some way. I was like, I'm going to just try to verbalize a report of what's happening uh, so there's some record of how I died. As the situation cleared, she realized she was not dying. She had been struck in the face with an aluminum water bottle hurled by a man. There was, there had been no yelling, no sign of danger to give Constantino time to defend herself. She credits her friend with saving her from further harm. He said that the perpetrator was still coming towards me, and he turned around and really aggressively yelled at him, and the guy ran away. Had it not been for this person being with me, I would have I would have been a lot worse. Mm. Wow. A spokesperson for the Portland Police Bureau confirmed the uh, incident. So but it's just another case of, you know, it's it's a woman out there saying, look, we did this to ourselves. This is what we voted for. Yep. And that's what we have stated so much of what we've talked about today. And that's the other frustrating thing. And this happens once in a while. You know, we get we get a little bit we get a little bit fried. Hmm. Every day we're doing this, every single day. Hmm. And people ask us, does it ever get to you? Eh, once in a while. In one of these, it's, But it's not, the frustration's always there. Uh, I'm not going to let anybody make me not be a happy person. Hmm. But it was more the, the, not physical, but the mental exhaustion of the stupidity of it all. I think that's, yeah. that'd be a way to describe sure. it. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, because we chose this many things we choose. And this is what this doctor is saying there in her city. And there's not going to be a turnaround. There's not going to be in those liberal towns where in cities where crime is skyrocketing. You're, you're not going to see conservatives get voted in. So what's the answer? Well, now you see in DC and other cities, they're screaming. But the voters won't change who they vote for. The same people are going to go in. Same mindset are going to be in. They're going to be leading these cities to failure. In other news, did you see where DeSantis said, okay, I'll debate Gavin Newsom. Remember Newsom said Mm -hmm. that with Mm -hmm. Sean Hannity. Mm -hmm. He should have accepted right then, but he didn't feel he needed to. Is it an act of desperation on? Now, I would love to see it, mm. 
But is it an act of political desperation? Does DeSantis, in his mind, saying, I now need to do this, where before he didn't believe he had to do it? Because hmm. it would it would it would be news if DeSantis oh, yeah. debated yeah. Yeah. Newsom on which because the, the debate would be what state is better, Florida or California, oh, right? Yeah. I mean that's what it would oh, be yeah, on. Sure. And also if Devin Archer keeps talking, it would be a uh, presumptive nominee on the left for <laughs> against uh, primary candidate DeSantis on the right. I can't say presumptive nominee because he's not there in the polls even close. But well, I think you can at least say right. primary candidate. Right. I, well, I think the campaign. I think the campaign of DeSantis says this might give us a jolt that we need. Well, and here's and it could. But here's the and we talked about that. Uh, generally speaking, in debates, you you start to see those polls shaping up differently. But this one would be highlighted differently. Yes. And if you're talking about only those two, I think a lot of people would tune into that, and it could have a yeah. much greater impact. Well, because it's interesting. It's not about I'm running for president of the United States. It's right. which state is better. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that. Is something we've never seen before. Well, think I've about ne- what our founders seen- would say about it. Our yeah. founders would go, "Oh, in this little state experiment thing, yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see where the people and how the people argue the ideas and the setup of different states here. Two vastly different states. The first federalism debate, yeah, held in the history of the country. It took us until twenty twenty three. To get to that point, maybe, yeah. because uh, Newsom, I haven't seen a response from Newsom saying, okay, let's set up a date to do this. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it officially has to come together. Uh, so we'll see. But I think it would definitely, and here's the question. Right now, what does Newsom have to gain? By the, doing this? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. DeSantis does. DeSantis does. So does Newsom now flinch? Yeah. He threw it out there. He did. He threw it out there. So, so we'll see where it goes. Eight six six ninety red eye. A record-setting July temperature-wise in spots, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. As you move to the far west, the deep south, and even parts of the eastern U.S., it was a month for the record books. Perhaps most notable, Phoenix, Arizona's average high temperature for the month. This is the first time we have seen a major U.S. city reporting a monthly average temperature greater than 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Phoenix, Arizona ended up with a month with an average temperature of 102.7 degrees, more than 7 degrees above normal, and that broke the previous record for any month in any year for Phoenix. All-time record average July heat was also recorded in other cities in the southwest, such as Las Vegas. Also, the very warm water that's been lurking off the Florida coast has contributed to record-setting warmth in much of South Florida for the month of July. So we saw our warmest month ever for any month of the year in South Florida locations, including Key West and Miami, Florida. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour, the Washington Post hits uh, Biden with four Pinocchios. We'll get to uh, that one. Four Pinocchios means, uh, well, bottomless Pinocchios mean the lies are just so incredibly great. Mm-hmm. And four Pinocchios means an absolute lie about something. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to uh, that. You know, I, I just was reading this article uh, from CNBC. Yeah. I haven't looked for a job for a long time. Mm-hmm. Because it says, uh, if you're applying for a job, there is one thing that almost everybody doesn't do after they apply for a job. I'm thinking, hmm, okay, what would that be? I really don't know. And that's following up the application with a message on LinkedIn and a personalized email to the company hiring manager and even its CEO. Hmm. See, when we after the interview. Uh, after you send the, it says, after you apply. Uh, if you're applying for a job, it may uh, use your resume. Um, while there are crucial steps in the job application process, there's one more step that comes after applying, which everyone fails on. It says Nolan Search Church, excuse me, former Google and uh, DoorDash recruiter and current CEO of Continuum, a talent marketplace for executives. That's following up the application with a message on LinkedIn and a personalized email to the company hiring manager and even CEO. Maybe, well, that's the reason that a long time ago when LinkedIn first came out that I went on it. Why why is anybody on LinkedIn? To get a job if you need one. Right. That's it. To network. Or to network yeah. if you're a business, if you have your own business. Too. Right. Right. You know, you're, but, you're looking to, it's to help your income. Exactly. Your so, career. So I probably would think of that if I sent a resume out and I could find the person, I'd probably send them a message and say, you know, on LinkedIn, because it's 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 so easy. But the last time I really looked for a job, (laughs) email, really, people didn't have personal email even. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the LinkedIn thing until maybe after an interview. Thanks for your time. Hmm. Yeah, you may be right on that one, depending on the situation. Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, relating to that last story, Eric, that we uh, were talking about, uh, uh, you know, concerning if you apply for a job and, you know, the things to uh, to do. This is, was, was in the Wall Street Journal. Hmm. Uh, how do I do that? The new hires of 2023 are unprepared for work. And they say that because even in college, so much of it was remote work. They talk about this one uh, engineer hmm. uh, who had somebody come in from uh, from college and uh, is, uh, said uh, he was consulting for a robotics company in California last fall when he asked a newly minted mechanical engineer to design a small aluminum part that could be fabricated on a lathe, a skill normally mastered in the first or second year of college. How do I do that, asked the young man. So the consultant, an engineer who had built uh, technology for NASA and Google, 
and who charges consulting clients a minimum of $300 an hour, spent the three the next three hours teaching Lathe Work 101. You learn by doing these kids in school during the pandemic. All they've done is work on computers mm. and talked about, you know, the the shortcomings run from just the lack of general knowledge about yeah. what yeah. you were hired to do, including how to make change at a register. You think about it with everybody using um, their credit card. I ran into that not too long ago. It was a few weeks ago. And I, the the person was clearly, they pointed to the little scanner for the card. And I, but I, I was paying with cash instead. And then it was like, uh, you know, whatever it was, $7 and 22 cents. And then I, I hand them a 10 or 20, whatever it was. And then I said, wait here, let me give you a quarter for the 22. Well, that was, that held us up for a few more seconds. It was, and eventually we got around to it. I just said, put the, you know, the coins in the little uh, tip jar here, three whole cents. And it was clear that it was a greater task, that you were slowing down the workflow tremendously. So how do you prepare people for for jobs when all of their life it's been automated? Everything's been, uh, because a 23-year-old born in the year 2000, by the time they were in first grade, sm- uh, smartphones were around. By the time they got to middle school, then we had apps for just about everything. And now today, all of it has been essentially hit a button. So a very interesting dynamic here. Not only do we not have them prepared in in certain practical ways, but you also don't have them... Do they have the ability to learn certain things? Because we had to go through life. You probably learned that in school, actually. I, I know I did. We would go through in, in school. All right, we're going we're gonna to go through this. And it wasn't just math class. Now, someone gives you this, how much do you give them back? Someone gives you this money, this amount of money, mm-hmm. and, and and the item costs this. How much do you give them back? And then, of course, we worked certain jobs that trained us to do that. And now a situation where over the last several years, so much has changed so quickly that you have a new wave of individuals who aren't prepared for mm-hmm. a whole number of jobs. So they, they talk in this Wall Street Journal article about just the uh, lack of general knowledge and actually skills that they don't have, which is just working and communicating with others. That that is a huge right. problem. They right. say mm-hmm. employees are spending more time and resources searching for candidates and offer lowering expectations when they hire than they are spending millions to fix new employees' lack of of basic skills. And I'll, I'll give you an example of 
Uh, I know somebody who runs a driving range. Mm. Not a driving range. If you ever been to a driving range, it's not a complicated place. You walk in, can I get a bucket of golf balls? Right. Okay, you know, you put your card in. And the frustration that he has talked to me about, about hiring new people. And this is a very soft-spoken gentleman who told me just the other day, just to get some, any, it's, it's like, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the the age group right now that he may be trying to hire between 20 and 25, he said, I can't find anybody with even, he said, the basic the basic communication skills that if I tell them to do something once they do it. He said, normally it's three or four times. And they get upset at me, like, what are you doing? He goes, and constantly I've had to tell them, you need to get off your phone. Well, he had this one young woman that worked for him. And she went and complained to the management that he keeps telling me to do things three or four times. Well, are you doing it the first time? No. Because I don't like the tone in his voice. And this is the most soft-spoken person you could ever imagine. Who will look at you and say, hey, could you, hey, could you get this uh, done over here? And she quit. Because she couldn't handle the pressure. Well, because it's the breakdown in the social cues that come with right. developing or, or in this case, not developing social skills along the way. And technology has been a part of that. COVID was a huge part of that in the breakdown of those social skills. And so now they, they have to go out and actually interact with people. What, surpri- what got to me is the fact that I had seen her and talked to her, and she seemed like she was, you know, I thought in the short conversations I had, had it, you know, pretty well together. But you're not talking about a highly technical job. Get the golf balls. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what, what do you have to do? Get the golf balls. Yeah. <laughs> or, or now they, and if you got an automatic the machine, if the automatic machine's working, uh, check to make sure it's working. <laughs> There's nothing to do. Right. And he said it's just, he said he just can't find anybody with just basic understanding of the fact that you're getting paid do something right <laughs> so I just well i you know there was we talked about where the economy was and and uh and and where at least a couple of different experts had said it's going and and the demographics of the workforce and how this is this year is a pivotal year with so many reaching that retirement age. And you would think leaving the workforce and younger people, fewer younger people being available. Well, one analyst said, if you're age 55 to 70 and you still want to work, it's a good time for you because you're going to be in high demand because you have tons of experience. And there are fewer people available in the younger demographics, and those individuals don't have that experience. 
and I, and now you start to see it come together with the effects of again a a new generation that has zero social skills well tell me how the service industry survives without people who know how to deal with people and you start seeing the damage that closing down the schools and remote mm-hmm. learning had mm-hmm. uh the sharpest declines in scores for engineers came on questions measuring the most specialized knowledge. Structural engineers failed to answer basic questions about the construction of bridges and roadways. These are areas that are very much involved in public safety. Students in elementary and middle schools across the nation fell behind by an average of about four months during the pandemic after classes switched to remote learning in 2020 and stayed that way in some cases through 2021. On national standard tests, the scores of fourth and eighth graders fell to 30-year lows. Students who were in high school and college when COVID hit and are now entering the workforce did not fare much better. Despite lower standards at many schools during the pandemic, high school graduation rates fell despite the lower standards issued during COVID. The high school graduation rate fell. Scores for college admission exams dropped to their lowest level again in 30 years. Uh, The chief executive of ACT, the nonprofit organization which administers the college admission test of the same name, said more high school graduates today lack the fundamental academic skills needed for college and the workplace with low-performing students facing the steepest declines. The worst students got a lot worse. After COVID-19's aftermath, many college professors restructured curricula for students who lack basic study skills. Reading, writing, and critical thinking skills are not the same as they have been in the past. Said Mike Altman, professor at the University of Alabama, who said he has narrowed his curriculum to give students more time to master the basics. That's in college. Right. They don't have the basics down. Right. I'm shocked. What do you think is going to happen when you shut everything down and send everybody home? What is going to be the result of that? It's going to be what you're seeing here. Couple that with the failure of public schools over the years. A whole long line and list of failures. And I don't know what you do as an employer. Honestly, I don't. I really don't. If if people... I wonder how much of the service industry, how many in the service industry didn't go back to those jobs because during COVID, they just, their social skills, or not skills, but their willingness to redevelop social skills 
or whatever it was, was just simply not there. In other words, how much of that did they lose during the shutdown in COVID of dealing with people one-on-one? It changes the mentality. There's no way it doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. With those who were even great at any kind of uh, service job, if you're a server at a restaurant or whatever it might be, I wonder how many of them, it's a hard job. You have to be on your on your toes, on your feet for hours every single day. But how many of them mentally didn't have it in them to go back because of being in, at home for years? 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, is the mainstream media slowly turning on President Biden? There's a headline, Washington Post slaps Biden with four Pinocchios for falsely claiming Hunter never made money with China, as uh, Glenn Kessler wrote. Uh, but now, nearly three years after the debate, when Biden said that, you know, uh, his son did not, uh, you know, did do business with China. Right. Biden's assertions have been directly rebutted by Hunter himself. In court testimony last week, the younger Biden acknowledged that he had, in fact, been paid substantial sums in China. The first official confirmation that this was the case. The fact checker laid out how Hunter Biden uh, accompanied his father while he was vice president uh, on an official trip to China in 2013. And by Hunter's own admission, he used a trip to connect with a Chinese business partner, even introducing the partner to his father. That was the point when they say that that he didn't know anything about his son's business and wasn't involved in it. That's one of the things that was brought up the other day uh, to uh, challenge Representative Goldman saying, you're telling me the father went on a business trip? His father went to China. His son came along on a business trip, and they never discussed business. The father never said, why are you here with me? Right. It's like all this stuff gets beyond belief. And I guess the point is the Washington Post now starting to recognize that. Is the turn happening? Is eventually going to keep growing where the media and more Democrats say it's time to move on? Right. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.